This is Brain Diet, episode number 40. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Brain Diet Podcast. As always, thank you for being here. I so sincerely appreciate it. I wanted to start out today's episode by sharing a review because I haven't done that in a while. And I really like reading through your reviews and it makes me feel connected to you. So if you haven't yet left a review, please do. I so appreciate it and it just means so much to me. This week's review is from Frodo333333. Frodo three to the sixth power. (laughs) This person says, I love the clear, concise ideas Taylor shares. Grab a notebook and take notes. Each podcast has several gold nuggets of information. Thank you. Thanks, Frodo, three to the sixth power. I so appreciate you and your review and your time that you took to leave that review. And I'm glad that you find some gold nuggets within these episodes. Fun fact, I had a hamster when I was probably 10 years old, and I almost named him Gold Nugget. I actually ended up naming him Vanillet, which I thought was pretty clever. It was a combination of chocolate and vanilla because he was a brown and white hamster. I had thought for weeks about this, what to name him. It was a very deliberate choice, but Golden Nugget was on the list. Didn't win out though. Today we are talking about self-doubt. This is a topic that I am very passionate about because it's something that I coach on regularly. It's something that I almost coach on daily from different people. It comes up within all of us. And I love coaching on it because as with anything, when you understand it, you get some authority over it. Sometimes there are emotions that we feel like they just happen to us and we don't understand why, we don't understand the emotion, and we don't understand how we can utilize them. It just feels like it's forced upon us and that feels terrible and very disempowering. But when we can understand them, perhaps where they're coming from and what they might mean, and more specifically what they don't mean, then we become the ones in this authority position. We become the ones in power. Therefore, we get to be the captain of the ship of our brain and of our life, right? If our brain and our life was a ship, we get to be the captain when we understand emotions and when we understand things that are going on in our brain and things that are going on in our body. Such a powerful thing. Self-doubt is what happens when our brains offer us thoughts that go against our desires or capabilities, right? So we might have a desire to do something that we've never done before. Cue the self-doubt, tells us we can't do it, tells us we're not good enough. We might have something that we are able to do or have done before, like public speaking, for example. Say we've given a speech, but then we're giving another one. And again, cue the self-doubt. So whether it's something we desire to do or something we have done before or something we aren't yet capable of, but we want to be capable of, anything in that realm, cue the self-doubt. If we didn't have self-doubt, we would be much more eager to try things. And to our brain, that's a problem. I think that self-doubt is somewhat of a safety mechanism. The reason that I think this is true is because I've talked about this before on the podcast, but the job of our brain is to keep us alive. And if we look at the motivational triad, it's to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and exert as little energy as possible. So if we take this into consideration, 
the main motivators of our brain's function. And then we consider what we desire that we might not have or what we aren't capable of yet or what we want to be capable of. That assumes that what we want to do is going to be against that motivational triad. That assumes that we are getting outside of our comfort zone, that we are learning something new, we are doing something difficult, we are embracing a part that we've never had to embrace before. So if we have this, if we have something that is out of our comfort zone, our brain's going to resist that. And our brain is going to offer up self-doubt as a safety mechanism to say, hey, this isn't safe. This is out of our comfort zone. I don't think this is in line with us surviving. Therefore, we probably shouldn't do it. If we consider this, then we can change our relationship with it. Now, the way that I've learned to relate to self-doubt has allowed me to actually do the things I've never done before because there's either choosing the self-doubt, believing it, and not accomplishing my dreams and feeling terrible about that, or there's accepting the self-doubt, pursuing my dreams anyway, and even though it's challenging and difficult and out of my comfort zone and painful and tedious, I'm still going to feel terrible. So it's the disappointment of not accomplishing something, or there's the discomfort that comes with pursuing something. Feeling terrible either way, one way just has something for you at the other side. But people think that goal pursuit or dream pursuit should be so fun and easy and exciting. So then when they feel the self-doubt, they just tap out. They're like, I'm out. This is supposed to be fun and exciting. This is supposed to be like in the movies where we have this exciting triumph in this very linear series of events and then we have one setback and then we overcome it and then we achieve our dreams and that's happily ever after. So we might go into goal pursuit with this assumption that this is supposed to be fun, but really based on our brain wiring, our mind is going to resist change and evolution. If this is true, our brain wants us to maintain homeostasis, maintain the status quo and be comfortable and not risk death. So then self-doubt becomes the first marker of what needs to be addressed in order to evolve, right? As we seek evolution and we, come out of this space of status quo, then self-doubt is kind of like the first mile marker, the first milestone of, yes, we're out of our comfort zone, so now this is what needs to be addressed. So think about it. If this is true, I would argue that self-doubt is an essential part to the process. So because of that, I don't want to use the word overcome. We don't need to overcome self-doubt. We just have to face each moment of it with the right relationship and perspective in order to keep it as a sidekick and not as the driver of our lives. Many believe that there is a threshold where self-doubt goes away. Like there is a, a, an amount of money or an amount of fitness or an amount of fame or any type of success that somehow is a threshold where after you reach that threshold, you no longer have self-doubt. This is never going to be true, my friends. Our brains are always going to resist change and evolution. So no matter what marker or milestone we're at, that's always going to be the current state of status quo. So then when we go outside of it, go outside of our comfort zone and try to evolve, our brain's gonna be like, this isn't safe, you shouldn't do this, this isn't a good idea, you suck at this, on and on and on, right? We've all had this type of dialogue with ourselves. 
this is one of my favorite examples. And I may have used this on the podcast before, but I want to use it in this context because it's just so fascinating to me. I am passionate about music. I am a singer. It's something that I have been involved in my entire life. It's something that's very close to my heart. And there is a music producer named David Foster. He has a documentary about him on Netflix. It's very fascinating if you're in the world of music. And I watched it and he is the most successful music producer of all time. He has worked with the most artists. He has made the most money. He is incredibly, incredibly brilliant and genius with what he does and with his craft in music. And I don't remember the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays... I feel like I'm pretty awesome. I feel like I've amounted to a lot. I feel like I've done a good job. And on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I feel like I suck and I'll never amount to anything. (laughs) And so my mom is also very into music. And so when we had this conversation about this documentary, we coined the phrase, the David Foster imposter syndrome. Because no matter how successful you become, you will always doubt yourself. So this begs the question, are you willing to allow all the self-doubt to come up, but not choose it to be your driver? Are you willing to try things and fail at things and have all of the doubt come up and still stay willing to show up and try 10 other ways to do it? Because what normally happens is we might try something, we might get out of that comfort zone, and then we might fail a little bit, and then the self-doubt comes in, and then we just shut it down. We're like, no, I couldn't do it. I wasn't good enough. I didn't have all that I needed. I didn't have the resources. I'm just not going to do it. But really, if you can embrace the self-doubt and be willing to try something a hundred times, are you willing to go out with a hundred people in order to find someone to fall in love with? Are you willing to try 100 different ways to make money before you decide you don't want to be an entrepreneur? That's what you have to ask yourself. Now, I love coaching, obviously. Being a life coach is my dream job, and it's something that brings me so much joy. It's something that I am incredibly passionate about, but I don't get to coach and I don't get to do what I love unless I do all the things I don't love and all the things that I'm not as good at as well. Meaning, in order to do what I love and achieve my dreams of living my dream job and making the money that I want and just feeling so fulfilled and like I've just found what is my passion, right? One of my passions. All of that comes with all the self-doubt that I'm not good enough or that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm an idiot or that no one's listening. This is where I have to bring in my friend curiosity. Because again, if my brain didn't have the ability to doubt itself, we would do a whole lot more things. We'd be much more eager to try things. So When I start feeling doubt and feel this overwhelming sense that I have no idea what I'm doing or I suck at this or it doesn't matter what's the point, no one cares, I'll go to curiosity and be like, well, maybe that's true, but let's just do it anyway. Let's just try and see what happens. Let's just be curious about this. This is something I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do certain elements of business. I'm just going to try it anyway. I'm going to see what happens if I try it this way and try it this way and I might fail, so then I'll try it another way. Imagine if you didn't have self-doubt and you approached an obstacle. If you approached it with curiosity because you didn't have self-doubt, you would be so much more prone to problem solving as opposed to just shutting it down, believing that you don't know what you're doing or that you suck at this. Now, I'll use this really simple example, but there are two little corner spots in my office where we haven't yet put in the baseboard. We just 
recently built this office for me to coach in. It's one of my favorite spaces. And we haven't finished off these two little corners that require baseboards. Now, in terms of construction and construction, <laughs> anything in the realm of construction, house building, it's its just not my jam. I've never been involved in it. I always was of the mentality, like that's what my dad does. And then when I got married, I'm like, that's what my husband does. That's just kind of how I roll, right? So this these two spots have still yet to be finished and I want them to be finished. I want these spaces to be finished so that my office feels complete and all of that, right? And so my husband is extremely busy with other things. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to tackle putting in this baseboard. If I approached this from self-doubt, from all of the self-doubt talk that comes in my brain, then I wouldn't be able to do it. Because again, I'd be coming from the place of, I don't do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't even know where to start. This isn't my thing. I shouldn't be doing this, right? Like all those Thoughts and sentences are so quick to shut me down and so quick to prevent me from finding any type of solution, right? So if I examine all of the obstacles that I have in finishing these two spots of baseboard, I would approach an obstacle, be like, okay, first obstacle, obtaining baseboard. When I kind of have that self-doubt, I just let it sit there for a minute, but then I shift into curiosity and I'm like, okay, If I have to obtain this baseboard, how might one go about doing this thing? And I'm like, oh, all I need to do, take a picture of what the current baseboard looks like, go to Home Depot, find one that matches it, right? I'm curious. I'm like, how how would one go about doing this? This actually isn't as scary as I think it is. It isn't as impossible as I think it is. Obstacle two, how do I cut the baseboard? I know there are all these fine-tuned level degree something cuts that you have to do with ba- obviously I have no idea what I'm talking about but you can see when I come at this from curiosity I'm like okay I gotta find a way to cut this baseboard pretty sure when I'm curious about this I found out that Home Depot can do this for me they have the tools and necessary equipment to do this for me should I require it of them I just need to measure a couple of things Worst comes to worse, I go, I get the baseboard. I don't have the right measurements. I have to go home, maybe get the right measurements and go back and then get it cut the appropriate way. But bottom line, when I'm so curious about this, then it helps me face the obstacles with so much less drama and so much less pain. It's just like, okay, let's let these thoughts of this isn't my thing and I suck at this. We're just going to let those be there. But instead, we're going to shift into curiosity and see what happens. Because sometimes we think we're just making observations. We think when I say something like, man, I'm just not really into construction. It's not my thing. We think we're just making an observation when really what we're doing is choosing self-doubt. Now, I'm not saying you have to just pretend that you're into everything or that you want to do everything. But if there's something that you do want to do, then that's where you have to make the conscious choice to let the self-doubt fall by the wayside and then choose something more deliberate on purpose. Luckily, since self-doubt is a choice, we have other options too. We're not bound to it. So there are three tiers from which we can draw when we approach our lives as we do things that are out of our comfort zone, right? So the first tier is the first level and it's self-doubt. It's the bottom layer because it's the most primal response to something. We can live in self-doubt and feel all the self-doubt, but we don't really get any higher, right? So then tier two is what we talked about, curiosity. We can be curious 
we're still going to have self-doubt, but we can let that self-doubt be there and operate from this higher tier of curiosity, which then brings us to the third tier and highest tier, which is confidence. When we are confident, when we choose to think in such a way that helps us feel confident, we are still going to have the two bottom tiers operating. We're still going to have curiosity, that's the next highest level of operating. And then below that, we're still going to have self-doubt, which is again, the most primal form of operation of the human brain. So if we have these tiers, again, self-doubt is just like a one and done. That's where you can just live, but then you don't have any of the other emotions. Second tier, curiosity. Third and top tier, confidence. You still have all the bottom ones, but you get to operate from the highest functioning part of your brain to choose on purpose to think, what if I could be good at this? I think I have it in me to try. I think it's possible that maybe I could totally get this done. For me, I really do think I can get these baseboards done. Doesn't mean I'm not going to ask for help, but when I show up with curiosity, it helps me ask for help when I need it and find other resources to get things done, to make it happen. So all of these things are a choice. I would encourage you to choose confidence and courage while still accepting that self-doubt is going to be there. It's just part of your brain trying to keep you safe, that safety mechanism that's so well-intended. So when you are addressing self-doubt in your life, you have to pay attention to it. Like I said, if we're operating on that first tier of self-doubt, it's going to be operating by default and it's going to feel like we're just reporting the facts because we don't know that there are other options available to us. So that's where we have to take a step back from our brains a little bit and say, okay, what do I think about me in relation to this goal? What do I think about me in relation to these obstacles? And recognize when you have these thoughts that seem like facts and observations, when in reality, they are simply self-doubting thoughts. Because when you can recognize them, this gives you authority. It's just like I was saying in the beginning, when you can understand something, it immediately gives you an authority over it. So when you notice self-doubt and recognize it and call it out as such, you immediately have an upper hand. So let's use the example, you might want to lose weight. And you might have the thought, I can't lose weight, or I've never been able to lose weight. Those thoughts seem very news reporty, right? If you were just reporting the news to me, you might think that that's what they would say, when in reality, that's a sentence. It's a thought. It's an optional thought. When you can recognize this, you can question, do you want to believe this? Do you want to believe and choose, I can't lose weight? Do you want to believe and choose, I've never been able to lose weight? Because if that's what you're thinking, that's what you are choosing. That's what you are believing since you aren't choosing something else. It might feel true and you might have tons of evidence for it, but it is still a self-doubting thought and it is still a choice. And do you want to still keep thinking it? That's what you have to ask yourself. It's important that you take the time to decide. This means that you're going to be paying attention to what you're thinking. This is the basis of coaching and the way that I run my practice is paying attention to what you are thinking. You're going to have to take a step back from your thinking and really look at it. And this requires deliberate attention and effort. This isn't something you can just skip over. So as we discuss self-doubt as a safety mechanism to keep us from changing, this then tells us that the way you evolve is through effort. 
It's through paying attention. It's through feeling discomfort. It's through embracing self-doubt as a part of the process. You don't evolve by operating on autopilot or just replaying the patterns in your brain of thoughts like, I just can't lose weight. You don't evolve when you keep those thoughts playing on rerun in your brain. So that's why you have to pay attention. It sounds so simple, but it's one of the most important things that we can ever do. We evolve by exerting effort, paying attention, and deciding on purpose what we choose to think. I had an old computer that I used in college. It was a MacBook Pro, I think, and it was old and it had so much stuff on it, especially as I was going through college and doing assignments and all of the stuff. And so this computer ran extremely slowly. It worked, right? The computer worked and served its purpose in the most basic function, but it ran very slowly. And it got to the point where it couldn't upgrade to the most updated operating system because it was just too outdated and it was too weighed down by all of these things that it was storing that a lot of it I didn't even remember that it was storing, but it was something that I had put in there once, right? Documents or videos or what have you. In order for me to upgrade this computer to the next operating system, I had to go through everything on that computer and decide what was important to keep and what I didn't want to hold on to anymore. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to go into your brain, go through it, and decide what is important to keep and what you don't want to hold on to anymore. This takes such deliberate focus and attention to look at your thoughts and think about your thoughts. We have this ability to think about what we think about, and this is what's required in order for you to do this hard drive download to decide what's trash and what's really important to you. If you think about where you are now and what got you to where you are, You had to do difficult things in order to achieve certain results in your life. Like you had to date people and go out with people that you didn't like and have people say not nice things to you in order to find someone that you loved being with, right? Or maybe if you wanted kids and were struggling with infertility, like you had to go through a lot of difficult things in order to have that kid. In the end, you know, maybe... You get the kid, but it didn't mean there wasn't so much trial and struggle that came before it, right? Or even just applying to college. That's something that's scary, right? We have to be willing to put ourselves out there and risk rejection. But in the end, we're more likely to get into college if that's what we want to do. All of those things took a willingness to do something scary. It took a willingness to go through self-doubt in order to get to the other side of the ultimate goal that you had in mind. Getting to a reward requires the discomfort and self-doubt. You don't get to something in spite of self-doubt. You get to something because of self-doubt. Because each time you encounter it, you then address it, change your relationship, and then move forward. So here is what I want you to take home today. Self-doubt does not mean something has gone wrong. Self-doubt isn't a problem. It, in fact, is probably an indication that you are doing something right. So when you feel self-doubt in relation to anything in your life, this is your opportunity to decide what you want to make it mean. This is where you get to assess that self-doubt to get to where you want to go, to get to that ultimate goal. You're either going to get better at letting self-doubt drive or you're going to get better at having it as a sidekick. There's no staying where you are. You're always going in one direction. So you're either going to get better in one area or better in the other. You just get to decide. 
Self-doubt means you are doing something right. So if you are feeling it, give it a high five for me and keep going. Pay attention to your brain. Embrace the self-doubt. It's so worth it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a beautiful week.